hello and welcome back to another episode of Fluently Forward. This week we are going to be diving into, should I be really cringe? We're going to dive into the upside down. We're diving into the series, The Phenomenon, which is the Stranger Things Netflix series. And we are going to be covering a little bit about the show. Um, also, if you haven't watched the fourth season, there won't be any spoilers. Yes, there. I will not be spoiling the most recent season. But if you haven't watched the show at all, first of all, thank you so much for the dedication for listening, even though it's about a show you've never seen. But we will talk lightly about things that happen and it might spoil a little bit in like the first couple seasons. But I am really, really excited for this episode because we're going to go over the show. We're going to go over some fun facts about it. God bless, God bless this. It's a conspiracy theory. You probably know that the show is based a little bit lightly off of MK Ultra, this project that the government did that used to be a conspiracy theory, but then was declassified in documents and came out to be 100% real fucking true that the government would experiment on homeless people, prisoners, students, and people who were ill, and they would do these experiments to with LSD to you know, dive into everything that could be done with telekinesis, with mind control, with all of this crazy stuff. One day we'll have to do a separate episode entirely about MKUltra. But the show itself, the two creators based it off of this thing called the Montauk Project, which is like a little mini kind of offset of MK Ultra. So we are going to dive into that conspiracy theory that, you know, inspired this show because it is really cool. I was up all night just like pouring over it. Then, of course, we're going to go over all of the uh, the cast members. And because there are, there's like, am I like, there's like 50 people in this cast. Um, we are going to do the kids, although thank God now they are over 18. Otherwise, I would have felt real fucking weird doing an episode. <laughs> I still feel a little bit weird. We'll, we'll talk about that later because some of the blinds are adult and they're about children things like that. So we will handle that when we get to it. Um, we will be doing lines and kind of like backstory, you know, a little bit about all of the characters who are kids and teenagers in the movie. So we're not going to get to the adults. If you really want an episode on the adults, you know, I don't what, what was I going to say? I'm still alive, so I'll, <laughs> I can do it down the road if we want to do that. Although I do think everything with Winona Ryder, I'm like, it would be, I think, a little bit cooler to do an episode about everyone Johnny Depp has dated. Although maybe I'll do that later because I don't know about you. I'm fucking sick of hearing the name Johnny Depp. It's, yeah. So, yeah, we're going to get into it. The show, the conspiracy, fun facts about it, all of the cast members who are uh, under the age of 40, and then all of their blind items. So without further ado, let's get right into the show, because after the show, we talk about the conspiracy theory. And can you tell, I'm really excited to talk about that. All right. So Stranger Things, right now, Stranger Things is on its fourth season, and they have this little bit of a break in between where they have two more episodes coming out in July, and they're like, oh, it's the second chapter of the fourth season. I got to say, this fourth season is the best so far. I feel like with almost every single show, after the third season, it just goes downhill. My heart is like aching for memories of Game of Thrones. But this season is absolutely phenomenal. The plot is so good. The storyline is so good. It's like everything is 
all these puzzle pieces are coming together in the most satisfying way ever. And what's really interesting too is, you know, we've all been hearing about how the Netflix stock is like literally in the toilet. I really do think that they pushed these two chapters out a month because they wanted people to keep their subscriptions for two more months, try to help the stock, try to help the company, things like that, because we will get into this later. But what I've heard is that every single episode cost $30 million to make, which is, that's more than Game of Thrones. It's it's the highest budget for a series of all time as of right now, which is crazy because, you know what, maybe it's just because they make it look so real and maybe that's why it costs so much. But I'm like, I don't know, like the upside down, it can't be like that hard to make. When you look at the upside down, the like underworld of the uh, Hawkins, Yeah, I could actually imagine that costing $30 million to make. And I probably didn't think it cost that much because they make it look so real. Now, I got to be honest, when I first heard about the series and people were describing Stranger Things to me, I did not want to watch it because everybody was like, oh, it's set in like the 1980s. It's got this incredible 80s aesthetic, like flannel, these like kids ride the bike. It kind of reminds you of E.T. There's like a cop with a mustache. And I was just, I kind of felt like that scene of Michael from The Office where he's like, where are all the hot people. I'm like, it's a bunch of kids in 1980s riding bikes and there's like a cop. Like I literally would never want to watch that. But then again, I thought the same thing about Game of Thrones and like good writing is good writing. So basically Stranger Things, you probably already know, it follows a girl called Eleven with telekinetic powers in the small town of Hawkins, Indiana. And it's got this like sci-fi fantasy element to it. Although it's also like a little bit of horror, you know, like if you binge watch it before bed, you probably will have nightmares. And there's like monsters that they fight in this upside down. And it's just, it's awesome. It's incredible. So the show was created by the Duffer brothers. They're actually twins. And uh, yeah, for some reason, I always like the idea of um, people in Hollywood, like families working together. You know what I mean? I think of like the Jonas brothers, I guess the the Carter brothers, <laughs> the Hemsworth brothers, maybe, or the Olsen sisters. I just always think that's a little bit fun. And yes, it's on its fourth season now, and it's renewed for a fifth and final season. So there will be one more. Now, when this first came out, the biggest name that people were talking about was Winona Ryder. Um, That was kind of like the main lead. And now, of course, we have like this entire generation of all of these fantastic child actors who have come out of it and are now, I think, 18 to 22, the youngest of them. And yes, Stranger Things, you've heard of it. It did record numbers on Netflix. It won a bunch of awards. Let me know. Do you ever care? Should I list out the awards? I honestly, I feel like it's boring, so I never I never talk about it on here. Just know that they won awards. That's all you need to know. We're going to move right along, and we are going to get into the fabulous conspiracy theory that inspired this show. So the original title for Stranger Things was actually Montauk. And this title was rejected, but it's because the Duffer brothers took a huge amount of inspiration from this conspiracy theory called Project Montauk. And this is a conspiracy theory about alleged, but are they? Anyway, alleged experiments that were run by the government at Camp Hero, which is out in Long Island. And I have looked it up and I do want to drive out there, and you better believe after researching this, I want to like fucking break into the lab. It's just, okay, we're going to get on to it. 
So what is Project Montauk? It's basically rumors that the U.S. government was making and creating all of these experiments of psychological warfare in Montauk at either Camp Hero, which is like this huge um, national park area, or the Montauk Air Force Station, which is part of the park that's out in Long Island. And guess what? This rumor was being spread in the mid-1980s, which is the same time that Stranger Things is set. Now, there's a guy, by the way, when I say psychological warfare, you're probably like, what is that? It's kind of the same things that they do in Stranger Things, where we'll get all into this, but the scenes where in the first couple of seasons where they take Eleven and they say, here's a photo of this guy, go underwater and try to find this guy. And she's in like pitch black and, you know, I don't know, there's someone Russian speaking and she's like, oh, he's talking about X, Y, Z. And then she relays the information. Allegedly, that was what the U.S. was conducting experiments in. This idea of telekinesis, being able to use mind control, being able to use your mind to go get into someone else's mind and see where they are and what they're thinking. Now, people started talking about this because there was a man named Preston B. Nichols writes a series of books called The Montauk Project, colon, <laughs> Sorry, I didn't, I didn't know I was like colon. I think of the ass. Anyway, the Montauk Project, colon, experiments in time. And he writes about how he recovered repe- repressed memories about his time as a, what would you call it, like a, a, a victim? No, a victim. Uh, you know, the lab rat, whatever. He was the victim of Project Montauk. He was one of the people that the government was allegedly experimenting on. And he wrote this book saying that he had repressed memories. And the more work that he did to uncover these memories, he remembered being a part of these experiments and things like this. So he writes this book series. And a bunch of other people come forward and they're like, I have all of these memories as well. And like, I thought that I was crazy, but like, I swear to God, I have experienced the same thing that you have. And of course, whenever people talk about repressed memories and how I guess valid they are, I've heard arguments on both sides. I buy into the fact, I think, you know, just logically, it makes sense that if you experience something traumatic, the brain would protect itself and hold that memory off. But then, you know, there's a lot of debate online, probably in the real world too, but I am not sitting in those college classrooms um, about, you know, repressed memories. Is it true? Is it not? I know I've fallen into the trap. You probably have too, where I'm like, I don't remember my childhood. Was I molested? And it's like, not really. Like a lot of people don't remember parts of their childhood. Unless everyone here is like, no, I I remember. It's it's just you, Shannon. (laughs) So anyway. So then there's a man named Christopher Garitano, and he creates a documentary called The Montauk Chronicles. It came out in 2014, and he investigates all of the allegations that these men have been talking about who claim that they were brainwashed and they were forced to be a part of these experiments at Camp Hero in the 1970s and the 1980s. So he's you know interviewing all these men who have these very similar experiences and memories, and what he He also did, and this is what really gets me, he hired a geophysicist to analyze the ground underneath the base because like at Camp Hero, there is an Air Force base and they found evidence of large structures underneath that were not recorded on official maps, which is just giving me Denver airport conspiracy vibes. If you've heard of that, if you know, you know. 
So this is what Duncan says, and it sounds dude, exactly like Stranger Things. Quote, the first experiment was called the seeing eye. With a lock of a person's hair or other appropriate object in his hand, Duncan could concentrate on the person and be able to see if he was seeing through their eyes, hearing through their ears, and feeling through their body. He could actually see through other people anywhere on the planet. This is a quote from somebody else who claims that he is one of the Montauk boys. This is Stuart Swerdlow, and this is what he told The Sun in 2017. Quote, when the experiments started, they would target expendable boys like orphans, runaways, or the children of drug addicts, which, by the way, sounds a lot like MKUltra, the kind of kids no one would come looking for. The aim was to fracture your mind so they could program you. They would change the temperature from very hot to very cold, starve you, then overfeed you. I remember being beaten by a wooden pole. And they love to hold your head underwater until you nearly drowned. That was effective. It makes a person likely to listen and obey their rescuer. They also used LSD to put our brains into an altered state. And then he also added that he observed project staffers sexually abusing the children in order to break them down. This one gets a little bit crazy. He even alleges that he and the other Montauk boys were sent to Mars and back to biblical times via the project's portals. Now, keep in mind, this is all alleged, but, you know, we're going down the rabbit hole. We're going down. Now, you're probably thinking, how did all of this end? Why did it end? So, allegedly, the project's experiments came to an end in the early 1980s when things went too far. And this is what Nichols says. He said that whoever was sitting in the Montauk chair, this was like a device that they had that would kind of help with the psychological abilities. Which, not for nothing, but in Stranger Things, there is a chair... You know, that Eleven sits in with like that helmet on her head with all the wires coming out of it. So Nichols says that whenever someone sitting in the Montauk chair, whatever they envisioned would first appear on a transmitter screen and then it would be manifested in the real world in either solid or transparent form. And apparently the Montauk project was shut down after Nichols and Duncan Cameron, along with other participants of this, rebelled against the project and decided to manifest something sinister. They said, quote, we finally decided we'd have enough of the whole experiment. The contingency program was activated by someone approaching Duncan while he was in the chair and simply whispering, the time is now. At this moment, he let loose a monster from his subconscious, and the transmitter actually portrayed a hairy monster. It was a big, hairy, hungry, nasty monster, but it didn't appear underground in the null point. It showed up somewhere on the base, and it would eat anything it could find, and it smashed everything inside. Several people saw it, but almost everyone described a different beast. And then Nichols says that they had to destroy all of the equipment at the project in order to remove this creature from existence and send it back to its original dimension or, you know, something like that, which obviously what a fucking great story. And I think that is what inspired the similar narrative for Stranger Things where Eleven, you know, is summoning this monster from the upside down. I was like the underground, the upside down. All right. Now, of course, this sounds a little bit crazy. And as much as I fucking love going headfirst down a rabbit hole, I also do think it's interesting to look at the other side. So let's get into some of that. The filmmaker, the one who did the documentary, he wants people to consider a few things before, you know, you completely write off the conspiracy theory. Here's what he says, quote, the more I researched, the more I've begun to believe it is not so ludicrous. We know there was military interest in paranormal phenomena. Project Stargate, that's something to Google, 
which began in 1978 and was later declassified, looked at whether psychics could perform remote viewing and see events from great distances. Also, MKUltra used vulnerable people, like prisoners, so why is it so far-fetched that orphans or runaway boys would be targeted? They seem exactly like the sort of subjects who would be easy to take, and Montauk would be the ideal facility. In the winter, it's like a ghost town. Now, something else that's also interesting, remember this project allegedly ended in the early 1980s. Brian Minnick found reports of mass quantities of food that were ordered to the base in the late 80s, which was long after the military had left Montauk. Also, Minnick has taken photos of different rooms in the area, and they have brightly painted walls and psychedelic patterned wallpaper, which could be evidence that allegedly captive children were being kept there and subjected to these LSD tests, you know, things like that. Also, this is a weird one. Have you heard about the Montauk monster? So in July 2008, there was this carcass of a beaked, hairless, fucking ugly, I will be posting on Instagram, <laughs> creature, and it washed up on the shores of Montauk. And three, three friends found the animal at Ditch Plains Beach, which is just four miles west of Camp Hero. And the newspapers were speculating that this washed up from Plum Island, that it was an experiment from the government's, you know, secretive animal disease center that had just gone wrong and things like that. Now, People have, you know, hypothesized online. Please go check out the photo. I'm also going to be posting a real, a real, a slideshow on Instagram, all the photos of what the base looks like because it looks really sketchy and it looks like there's little underground basement areas. And I will also post this animal on there. And people say that it looks like a badly decomposed raccoon. But dude, like a raccoon doesn't have like this beak that it does. Also, some people said it's a decomposed turtle. But how could a turtle get out of its shell like that? It's just, you know, all I'm saying is that it's part of a um, complicated puzzle. And yeah, so that is the conspiracy theory. If you are a Montauk boy, like and subscribe. <laughs> Give this podcast five stars for the Montauk boys. Um, but yeah, if you know anything about this, please email me, shannon at fluentlyforward.com. You know how much I love a conspiracy theory. And at the very least, even if it's all false, what a damn good story, which gets into how Stranger Things was created. All right, so the Duffer brothers allegedly heard about this conspiracy theory and they prepared a script and they were shopping the script around different, you know, networks, things like that. They pitched the story to 15 networks. They all said no. <laughs> and the reason they said no, which is interesting, is that they didn't want a plot that was centered around children as leading characters, which we have previously done an episode on modern family blind items. And I remember people saying the same thing about modern family, like it's too risky, it's too dangerous to have kids in the script this much. So a lot of networks said, hey, why don't you kind of drop the plot centering on the children and instead focus on Hopper's investigation, make it focused on the police chief. As we know, that didn't happen. And Netflix ended up picking it up, which is interesting too, because I don't know if you guys watch Squid Game, Squid Games. It's, it's a squid gamer game. It's something. That was also something too that nobody picked up except for Netflix. So come on, let's get that stock up. 
And basically, yes, it did numbers. Within the first 35 days of release, um, 14 million adults between the ages of 18 to 49 in the U.S. had watched it, which made it the third most watched season of Netflix original content in the U.S. And that was when it was first released. And it's interesting, they say those numbers are for people between the ages of 18 to 49, but I would be really interested in who over 49 watched it, because I think setting the show in the 1980s just meant that you kind of captured a wider demographic. I know a lot of older people in my life are like, not, not that I'm, you know. Not that there's so many older people. I'm probably going off of three references, but they're like, I love the nostalgia. Like it feels like my childhood or things like that. Now, those were the numbers for the first season, right? First 35 days of release, we had 14 million people watching it. For the third season, in the first four days, you had 40 million households watching the show. So 14 million to 40 million. Both numbers I literally cannot comprehend, but it's just, you know, it's a phenomenon. All right, some fun facts about Stranger Things. They auditioned 906 boys and 307 girls for the children's roles. They read parts from Stand By Me in the audition. Gatton Matarazzo, who plays Dustin, Sadie Sink, who plays Max, and Caleb McLaughlin, who plays Lucas, they all knew each other before filming the show because they had all starred on Broadway. Dustin was in Les Mis, Max was in Annie, and Lucas was in The Lion King. Another fun fact, Stephen King actually found Millie Bobby Brown long before she was casted. He had tweeted that he just thought she was a really good actress. He said, Millie Brown, the girl in Intruders, is terrific. Is my imagination or are child actors a lot better than they used to be? Something else that is interesting is that Steve Harrington, I love him, he was supposed to be, quote, the biggest douchebag on the planet. And one of the Duffer brothers told Variety, he said, a lot of credit goes to Joe Keery because he was much more likable and charming than we had originally envisioned. So I always think that's interesting when there's one role meant for a character and then who they are kind of changes it. All right. And recently, this I did not, I found this out on TikTok the other day and I was like, how in the hell did I not know this? The girl who plays Robin, she's in, I think she comes in season three and season four. She's the daughter of Uma Thurman and Ethan Hawke. I was like, what? Oh my God. So yeah, I, I didn't even know Uma Thurman had a daughter and it's Robin. All right, so we are going to dive into the cast, things about them and their blind items. And we are starting with Millie Bobby Brown, and we're going to kind of stick around here for a little bit because she is the actress, and she's the star of the show, but also she is in blind items a lot, which I feel like, is that ever, are you ever in blind items for a good reason, you know? Um, there's probably some things that you've heard. Over the years, you have probably heard the rumors that she was texting Drake when she was like... 15 and he was like 30 something if you listen to beyond the blinds which i highly 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 recommend the beyond the blinds millie bobby brown episode i don't know let me check okay i think that episode might be patreon only but it is worth it it was totally worth it so you've probably heard things either from that episode or you know i don't know just out and about being online that her parents aren't that great um, but you know, we're going to go over her life first and then we'll go into the blinds, which I always think is fun because, you know, it kind of tells you a lot about the blinds. 
So Millie Bobby Brown is now 18, very recently 18, um, and she's British, although she was born in Spain. And along with Stranger Things, she has also had a role in Godzilla, King of Monsters, and the sequel, Godzilla vs. Kong. I have seen it. It's awesome. If you ever are just like, you had a bad day at work, come home, make yourself a bowl of mac and cheese, put some like peas in there. So that way you're, you know, you don't get constipated. (laughs) This is, this is literally my recipe for a perfect night. Throw on the air conditioner, maybe take a hit from the weed pen and watch Godzilla versus Kong. Yes, it's good. And by good, I mean like it's bad, but like it's so bad that it's good. Also talk about conspiracy theories. They mentioned hollow earth in that movie. So something about Millie Bobby Brown, she can't get away from the conspiracy theories. And then she also starred in and produced the Netflix mystery film, Enola Holmes. But I got to say, she produced it like she's 18. I don't know. Sometimes when I see those producer credits, I'm like, what? Are you sure? She is the third of four children. Um, Her parents are Kelly and Robert Brown. This is interesting. She was born with partial hearing loss in one ear. And then she gradually lost all hearing in that ear over several years. Hmm. So she has moved around a bit. And this is interesting. When we talk about her parents, I'm going to bring this up again. But she moved from Spain to England when she was four. And then when she was eight, her family moved to Florida. And then obviously, you know, they've moved to California since. Just keep that in mind. We'll be talking about it later. I love this one. In November 2018, she partnered and collaborated with EA Games, The Sims 4, baby. She featured in The Sims 4 Positivity Challenge, which maybe I haven't been playing in a while, but I haven't seen her on there. So I'll keep you posted if I see her as I play The Sims. And we have probably, you might have seen the TikTok video of her doing a horrible job of promoting her makeup line. A lot of people don't know that she has a beauty product line. It's called Florence by Mills. She launched it in 2019. And the reason you probably haven't heard of this is that it's available at the UK Pharmacy Boots and it has recently become available in Canada through Shoppers Drug Mart. So like you're not going to see it at Sephora, things like that. That's probably why you haven't seen it. She did this promo where she's like, talking about her makeup line and showing it off, but it's very obvious that the products are literally not touching her face. And there's like a facial facial spray that at one point she sprays and with each pump of it, she like moves her head back an inch like she's terrified of the product. So anyway, that became a little bit of a meme. Speaking of memes, there were a bunch of trolls that came up with the theory... <laughs> that Millie Bobby Brown was like ferociously homophobic. Um, She was age 14 and a bunch of trolls basically spread all of these rumors that, uh, you know, Millie Bobby Brown will not take photos with someone who's wearing a hijab, that she likes to hit gay people with her car. Obviously false, um, obviously trolls, um, but she left Twitter because of that. Also, I I think, I think if, uh, I think no one should be on social media. That's just, you know, general advice. But she also obviously was sexualized out the fucking wazoo. It was like absolutely unreal. Um, She has said, quote, there are moments I get frustrated from the inaccuracy. Mm, Sorry, as we go into your blind items. Sorry. Anyway, um, the inaccuracy, inappropriate comments, sexualization, and unnecessary insults that have ultimately resulted in pain and insecurity for me. And when she turned 18 in February, 
she, her social media profiles were just like flooded from users asking, you know, her to do an OnlyFans for nudes, things like that. She is best friends with Noah Schnapp, who plays Will in Stranger Things. And as of 2021, she has been in a relationship, or has she, with Jake Bongiovi. Is that how you say it? Bon- He's the son of John Bongiovi. And they've been dating for like a year. You know, they do red carpets together, things like that. Now, before we get into the blinds, I kind of wanted to dig into her parents a little bit because there's all this lore that they are total stage parents. They push her to do a lot of things that she doesn't want to do. They're all about it for the money. Also, just, I don't know, anyone who pushes their child to be in Hollywood, if allegedly they've done that, it's just very sus. Because, like, you know everything that happens in Hollywood is just, like, so massively fucked up. So I read a bunch of interviews and here's what I was able to find. We have one quote saying, since day one, Kelly and Robert have been supportive of Millie's acting dreams and even reportedly went broke at one point to help fulfill them. Already, I'm just thinking like, that's fucking stupid. Like, I'm sorry, no shade to the parents, but like to go, you have, you have four kids and to go broke trying to make one of them be a Hollywood star, just to me, it's just like, I don't know. Like, I could never imagine. Oh, fuck it. I am judging. <laughs> but if that's actually true, it's just like she she was in, what, middle school? You didn't need to spend all of your money to, like, help fulfill her acting dreams. So that was how I felt originally. Let's Let's get more into it. This is a quote Millie gave in an interview when she was 12 about reaching her dreams. She says, quote, it was very hard. There were a lot of tears along the way. Basically, and and we'll get more into this with different interviews, but her parents sold everything to move to Hollywood. This is what the, this is what this particular interview says. And then things were really tight over there. And her manager, Melanie Green, allegedly had to lend the family money to help them survive. Millie says in this interview, quote, my older sister left. She didn't want to do it anymore. It was tears, tears, tears. We went through some tough times. Then the family admitted defeat when their money ran out. They moved back to the UK and they were so broke that they had to stay with an aunt. And Millie says, quote, I was devastated. I wasn't getting work. I thought I was done, which I don't know, just like a, she's 12 year old, 12 years old in this interview. So, like, imagine being younger and being like, oh, I'm so devastated I wasn't getting work. I don't know. When I was 10, I was devastated that I couldn't have a pony. Do you know what I mean? It's just, I don't know. It's crazy. So this continues and says, back in England, she hit her lowest ebb after an unpleasant experience with a casting agent. Quote, she said, I was too mature and grown up. She made me cry. Later that day, she auditioned for Stranger Things. Quote, I had to cry in the audition. My emotions were so raw, I hit it out of the park. And within weeks, the family was on a plane back to the U.S. where Millie started filming in Atlanta and boom, the show just like totally transformed her life. And we do have a quote from her dad saying, quote, it's important for Millie not to feel under pressure. She's a kid. She has to do her homework and chores. Everything else is a bonus. And I was like, hmm, let's see what's going on with this dad, Robert. So Robert, the dad, he was the one who had the idea to enroll Millie in acting school, partly just to get her out of the house because he said that she was really energetic. Millie says, quote, I was annoying my father one Saturday and he said, quote, we need to find you something fun to do. So he enrolled her in stage school on the weekends and the rest was history. This was when they were living in Orlando. But I have to say, I think the parents are doing a little bit of PR work because in nearly every interview, 
this is the line that I see, right? Quote, Robert sold all his belongings in England and moved the family to Hollywood. However, life in Hollywood turned out to be much tougher than he had envisioned. Millie failed to land roles, and it got to a point where the family was too broke to remain in Hollywood. But I dug around and around and around, and Wikipedia and all these other things confirm it. They didn't just sell their stuff in England and move to Hollywood, which sounds very American dreamlike. They moved from England to Orlando, Florida, because the father had a teeth whitening business. Then he enrolled Millie in these, you know, acting programs in Florida. She got an agent. Once they had an agent, then they went from Orlando to Hollywood. And in a lot of these, like, fluff pieces, you know, maybe it's just too many moving parts to, like, put in there. But they really leave out the part in Orlando. Anyway, so Millie's dad kind of made it in headlines when he started demanding money from agents. This was back in 2016. So according to The Hollywood Reporter, he demanded $100,000 from any agency who wanted to sign Millie. And maybe he just like didn't know. Maybe it's different in the UK than it is in the US. But here, actors pay the agents and not vice versa. So Robert dropped his requirement and Millie signed with an agent. Um, Who knows? Maybe that was just a miscommunication, but whatever. Now, before we get into the blinds, we also have something that happened IRL. And I really hadn't heard this much about it. But Millie Bobby Brown was in a relationship with someone named Hunter Echo. And when they were in a relationship, she was 16 and he was 20. And this came into the news because in July 2021, he had – now, people say that it was an Instagram live session. When I watched it, it looked a lot like a TikTok live stream, but who knows? You know, I haven't gone live on Instagram, so maybe it was Instagram. But he posted this Instagram live session, and I watched an old recording of it, a repost, and – It's him with like a drink and it kind of feels like there's like a hot tub there. They're like on a deck and he's with two of his friends. One of them I think is his sister. And they are saying the nastiest shit about Millie Bobby Brown, which by the way, no shade, but when I was watching the re-recording, he had like 500 viewers on the live stream and not to be a total cunt, but Fluently Forward gets more, baby. So anyway, sorry, Hunter. Better luck next time. Now, if you read articles about this, it's going to come across like he is literally a pedophile, which I'm not saying he is. I'm not saying he isn't. But articles are like he went as far as describing his alleged sexual encounters. And a shocking claim was that he admitted to grooming her a minor and things like that. Now, I watched the live stream. And look, he does admit to grooming, but when he does, it's like sarcastic. So somebody would comment in the live stream, oh, so you groomed her? And he goes, yeah, yeah, I groomed her. Which, you know what I mean? It it just, when I read the article, I was like, oh my God, he admitted it. And then I watched the live stream and I'm like, well, he's definitely being sarcastic there. But they say all of this insane stuff about Millie Bobby Brown. They talk about like, Her, them giving each other coffee enemas, um, her eating his ass, his friend who might be his sister saying, quote, that child knew how to suck dick and how to eat ass. So at the very least, it's drunken disrespect. And at the very worst, it's a, a legal perverted crime. Do you know what I mean? It was just it was not good whatsoever. I wanted to address the live stream incident that happened. Um, it should have never happened in the first place. That was a stupid idea on my part to think 
it was gonna be okay to just continue to go live as it was getting more and more negative in the comments. Now, something else that came across in this live stream, which really put Millie Bobby Brown's parents on blast, was that he admitted that he was living with Millie Bobby Brown for eight months. Because in this live stream, he's like, he's like, it wasn't a crime. Like, what are you talking about? Everyone knew. Like, everyone knew. Oh, yeah, her parents are going to, like, sue me. Her parents let me live with her for eight months. And everybody's like, hmm, her parents let their 16-year-old daughter date and live with a 20-year-old and things like that. Now, of course, um, you know, things blew up. Like, it was an absolutely insane video. So he apologized. He blamed alcohol for influencing his decisions. And he said, quote, I'm not proud of it at all or how I spoke. It sounded very immature, looked horrible. I'm sorry for doing that on live stream. I should have ended it, but I chose not to. It looked horrible on my family, which that makes me think maybe the girl was his sister. It looked horrible on me. It looked horrible on my friends. And if, I don't know, call me crazy, but Millie Bobby Brown's name is not in there whatsoever. Do you think maybe it looked horrible on her when you said that the child knew how to suck dick and ate your ass and stuff like that? Like, I don't know. It's like a stupid apology. Fuck you, Hunter. So yes, that is all of the real stuff. And now everything else that I'm about to say is all alleged, fucked up, crazy lies from blind items. One day I'm going to have to put together a disclaimer, but just know this is all grabbed from other parts of the internet and it is all alleged. So allegedly in the blind item world, Millie Bobby Brown is not doing well. We have dozens and dozens and dozens of blind items of her just being taken advantage of and being associated with much, much older men. The first blind item we have says, for the for much of the past year or so, this three-named actress has been hiding the guy she has been seeing since she was about 15. Look for her to make public appearances with him within the next two months. This one that says, I have to think it must have been recorded before she was 18 which would mean it is child porn. This A-list actress hasn't been long enough to have a sex tape of hers already circulating around the office of this talent agency. This is a pretty fascinating one about, a, allegedly about a director, David Fincher and Millie Bobby Brown. It says, this director is A-list. He has always pushed the edge when it comes to his films. Many of his films star this A-list mostly movie actor, which allegedly would be Brad Pitt. The director had an idea for a remake of Pretty Baby, but in a more industrial setting. He wanted to talk to this foreign-born, A-minus, B-plus list, mostly TV actress about the role. She is very underage, but is totally on board with it and has no problems with the nude scenes or being partially nude in others. At the meeting, she asked the director if he wanted to see her naked right then. He said no. She said she didn't mind and it wouldn't be the first time. She also told him she had been with other directors. Not actual intercourse, but she knew how to make men happy. The director was disturbed to state the least, enough so that he no longer is thinking about doing any kind of remake slash reboot of it. Now granted, this is all alleged, and um, dude, it just feels weird, right? It's, it's one of those things where like, it feels weird to read, it feels weird to say, it is also one of those things too where I don't know. I just remember when we did the old Hollywood blind items episode, Judy Garland talked a lot about how directors would basically molest her in a lot of these castings and how one director was telling her she needs to sing from her heart and here's where your heart is. And he put his hand like right on her breast and was like squeezing it and things like that. 
And it's just one of those sick things where it's like you can't be naive enough to think that directors aren't sexually abusing women. This whole idea of the casting couch of Me Too, like it it was literally proven that Harvey Weinstein was, you know, coercing women into sex for roles and things like that. So you know that that happens with women in Hollywood. And then you also know with Judy Garland and, you know, Bella Thorne talking about things like there are so many examples, too, of girls basically being sexually abused in Hollywood. And like when it's a blind item, I don't know, it's just one of those weird things because like how fun are blind items where you get to prove like, oh, my God, like a blind item knew that Shakira wasn't doing her taxes 10 years ago. And like now it came out. Oh, my God, like we got it. Or like cheating or cocaine, but talking about like children in Hollywood, things like that, it just feels kind of icky. So just know that I'm not endorsing this. I'm not saying that any of it happened. These are just the blind items. A lot of these are a little bit too vulgar, I guess, for me to actually read, but they can be found online if you want to look any of them up. So let's just get through some of these and just know that that's uh, how I feel about it. All right, quote. If you have been reading the blog for any length of time, then you know this foreign-born, three-named actress has been passed around since her early teens by her parents and sexualized from an early age, too. It shouldn't come as a shock to hear one of the people she was passed around to discuss how she was in bed, even though he committed months and months of statutory rape. The producers in their 30s and 40s know how to stay quiet. And that blind item came out after Hunter's, you know, live stream and things like that. This is one allegedly about Sadie Sink talking about Millie Bobby Brown, this illiterate, a minusless actress who is starring in a popular horror streaming show right now, that was Fear Street, says that her teen co-star on a different show used to have dinner dates with different men a few times a week after filming. We have another blind, and this was in 2019, so Millie Bobby Brown would have been 16 or 15 then. And the blind says, this foreign-born, still way underage, A-list actress apparently lost her virginity earlier this year to a man well over twice her age. That is rape. She said she just wanted to get it over with and doesn't see the big deal. Uh, anyway, oh, dude, I like right now I have like this feeling in the pit of my stomach where I just feel like not good. So I might skip over some of these because honestly, you just um, you kind of get the drift of all of these horrific blind items. Also, I will say that the part of that that makes me go, oh, is it true, is because I feel like how many girls have been like, I just want to get my virginity over with and things like that. That's a different thing. All right, some blinds about the parents. We have one that says, despite her young age, this foreign-born B-plus list mostly TV actress from a very hit almost TV show is going to file to legally emancipate herself from her parents. She is tired of being their cash cow. Literally cash. I have written about their tactics before. They make her go to events without telling her management or agent and pocket all the money paid to the actress. Currently, that can be as much as $75,000 per day. The actress apparently is generally given a few hundred bucks by the parents, and they keep the rest. They try to make her do two events per week. We have another blind item saying, The parents of this still barely a teen B-plus list mostly TV actress only allow her 30 minutes of free time every four hours. They want their money train working as hard as possible. Now, this is a blind item from 2018, so it's four years ago. 
and it says, Women in Hollywood are notorious for having plastic surgery, and the reason often cited is a desire to work after the age of 40 or continue to look luminous on camera. Unfortunately, it too often creates the opposite effect, and the stranger-looking Botoxed women tend to struggle to get cast in age-appropriate roles. Well, this young actress has the opposite problem. She's had no plastic surgery and doesn't look plastic, but she happens to look and act a lot older than her years, and rumor has it, studios are struggling to find the right parts for her because of it. Now, that blind was 2018, and now we're in 2022, and I don't know if you've noticed in press tours and things like that, Millie Bobby Brown is looking a little bit different. I saw this hilarious tweet where it was like her on a Zoom interview. I'll, I'll post it to Instagram if I find it. And they were like, why does Millie Bobby Brown look like a senator from Arizona? <laughs> so this is a 2022 blind saying, this foreign-born, three-named actress is barely legal but is already getting work done to her face. Millie Bobby Brown. Oh, that's anyway. What do you think? You know what I mean? Like, if you're in Hollywood, you're probably getting work done to your face. Now, this was interesting. I don't know if you remember the Ariana Grande drama. The blind says, well, let me tell you what happened first. Millie Bobby Brown was dating someone like Jacob, and they took a photo at the beach, and it was them kissing. And, you know, I say this as someone with Irish Catholic roots. The photo wasn't even that, like, sexual. It was just them kissing. It was basically a silhouette. His hands were not even on the small of her back, very firmly on her back. I thought it was just like a cute kissing photo. And Ariana Grande, I'm the, <laughs> I have the uh, TikTok sound. Ariana, what are you doing here? She commented on the post and said, I wasn't even allowed to leave my house till I was 20. It was just like kind of random. This blind item says, this A-list singer was no saint when she was a tween actress, so it is pretty strange that she chose to throw shade at this teen actress on an almost hit TV show for doing something way more innocent than our singer used to do at the same age. Now, this one is kind of random. I'm obsessed with it. It says... It was about Millie Bobby Brown and Sadie Sink, and it says, I guess I could have saved this for Met Gala blinds tomorrow, but there were two actresses from a hit streaming show that as hard as they tried couldn't get invites to the Met Gala because the editor hates their show. She hates when people talk about it, so there was no chance of an invite from anyone on it. Anna Wintour, were you, were you at Project Montauk? <laughs> She's like, I hate how the show talks about our conspiracy. I don't know. Like, why would you hate Stranger Things? All right, now this is interesting. David Harbour, who plays Jim Hopper, the police chief who is like, you know, takes care of Millie Bobby Brown's character. He said a quote about Millie Bobby Brown. But when she was 13, he was asked about her and he told the press that he was really worried about her. And this is what he says. I think she's in the crosshairs of something extremely dangerous that nobody seems to be paying attention to. I think the developing mind, as someone who gets this famous and has still a brain that is uh, not fully developed, is uh, an extremely difficult thing to navigate. And I hope that she gets the help that she needs. I know that I try to protect her as much as I can. But, um, you know, my hope with Millie always and my focus with her is always that I want her to be an artist who, when I'm in the nursing home, she'll bring me her Oscars and I can look at them and stuff like that. But I'm not sure. Uh, uh, I think that the pitfalls are very deep in terms of this generation, this fame, this Instagram generation of uh, constantly wanting to be get likes or something. Now, this is a blind related to that quote, and it says, this A-list dual threat actor who is in a new superhero movie and does the streaming thing on a hit show 
knows this foreign-born underage actress has been groomed her whole life and wants everyone to know that he has tried to stop it, but he is not her actual parent and he doesn't have that much that he can do. Now, there are other blind items um, relating Millie Bobby Brown to Scott Disick, to Drake, and to Henry Cavill. I'm just going to refer you to the Beyond the Blinds Patreon episode if you want to know more about that. And if this made you uncomfortable, I'm sorry. If it helps, I'm also feeling really uncomfortable right now. So let's move on to somebody else, Finn Wolfhard, who plays Mike. All right, so Finn is a Canadian actor. Along with Stranger Things, he was also in It. And I feel like he, he's, he's got a little bit of, like, comedic charm to him. He was pretty funny in It. And he was the lead vocalist and a guitarist for a rock band named Calpurnia. And he is currently a member of the Aubreys. He's like a little rocker. I love that. This is what I found on Wikipedia, which is interesting. On October 20th, 2017, Finn Wolfhard parted ways with his former agency, APA, and he fired his former agent, Tyler Grassham, following allegations that he had sexually assaulted aspiring young male actors. Wolfhard himself had not been assaulted. On January 9th, 2018, he signed with the talent agency CAA. So... I don't know. It's just, it's there, right? It's like you feel sick reading about this Millie Bobby Brown stuff. It feels sick. You feel uncomfortable. You want to say, fuck that. It's like an absolutely insane QAnon lie. There's no way it would happen. And then you move right on over to Finn Wolfhard, who fired his former agent because there were all these allegations that he sexually assaulted up-and-coming young male actors. And it's, I mean, it's right in front of us. Like, you can't There are some things that you can call QAnon, right? The idea that celebrities are drinking the blood of frightened children. The idea that Donald Trump is, you know, on some mission to literally free all of the sex trafficked children. The idea that Hillary Clinton, I don't know, like eats and fucks kids or something like that. But we really need to move away from calling every instance of kids being sexually assaulted in Hollywood QAnon because it just takes validity away from what it is. And sure... The Millie Bobby Brown stuff, it's blind items, it's rumors, it could be true, it could be a complete lie, but like, you know, this agent that Finn Wolfhard had, that's a fact. So anyway, um, good thing he's with the new talent agency and let's move on to his blinds. Are you looking to save money on your grocery bill? Because every plate is America's best value meal kit and it is 25% cheaper than grocery shopping. I used to think that meal kits were very expensive and uh, just honestly took too much time. Grocery shopping would be easier, but I have used every plate and it completely changed my mind. So they have quality ingredients. They come pre-portioned. For me, this is huge. I am typically cooking for one, but not in like the sad way, in like a very fun, luxurious way. And sometimes if you need, you know, one tablespoon of white wine vinegar or mustard, you don't want to buy a huge like five pound bottle. So that's why I personally love every plate. So you can try every plate for just $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code fluently179. That's everyplate.com. The code is fluently179 and you will get meals for just $1.79. It's fantastic. There's only two blind items about him, and these are alleged ones too. Alleged. So the first one says, it's from the SAG Awards. I always talk about this foreign born, not old enough to drive, 
A minus list, B plus list actress who stars on a very hit streaming show, Millie Bobby Brown. Apparently, though, one of her male co-stars, who is roughly the same age, has been getting acting advice and mentored by the disgraced director. The actor was talking about it last night. The disgraced director who's mentoring this person would be Brian Singer. And we would assume that either Finn Wolfhard, who plays Mike, or Noah Schnapp, who plays Will in Stranger Things, would be the person that Brian Singer was talking to. Which, dude, literally fuck Brian Singer. We have to have an episode on Brian Singer one day. Okay, there's another blind item. Once again, this is allegedly about him. It may not be. It could be somebody else. And this is from Blind Gossip. It says, this young male actor was at the Kids' Choice Awards. He... His projects so far may target a younger audience, but he is actually quite grown up in real life. (laughs) Don't you love the way the blind items talk? Okay. So grown up, in fact, that he was showing off his powder snorting skills at a party after the show. He was showing some girl how she needs to hold one nostril closed while snorting with the other. As he makes his move from teen ensemble projects to projects that are not aimed at teens, let's hope he makes the choice to drop that bad habit fast. Once again, it could be about Finn. It could be about literally anyone else, but you know. All right, let's move on to Sadie Sink, who plays Max in Stranger Things. She was born in Texas. Love that. And she was in the starring role in Annie. She made her Broadway debut in fifth grade, and she was part of the original cast of the Annie revival. This is interesting. I think I already knew this about her. Um, For some reason, maybe it's because I, I was vegan for so long, but I do think of Sadie Sink when I think of animal rights. And this says, while filming the drama movie, The Glass Castle, she became very close with Woody Harrelson and particularly with his daughter. She was already a vegetarian, but Harrelson and his family inspired her to become a vegan. I love Woody Harrelson. And maybe that's because I only know his characters, but I just feel like they're fun and funny. And he's got that drawl and like, he's always convincing people to go vegan. And like, I love that. I think about going back vegan. I eat like 95% vegan, but you know, it's like one of those things where like you can't call yourself vegan if you have like a cheeseburger once a week. So, okay. And also we probably know in November, 2021, she played the lead in Taylor Swift's short film, All Too Well with Dylan O'Brien. Her blind items, she has also spoken a little bit in the news and we'll be going into this about how she was uncomfortable on the set of Stranger Things doing a kiss that wasn't written in the script and things like that. Her blind items are also really dark. So let's just keep in mind that this is a legit. This is all legit on blind item websites. We'll start with the soft one first. This a-literate B-plus list actress from a hit streaming show is a little young to have the coke habit she does. I bet she was introduced to it by two of her co-stars. Those two co-stars we will be talking more about when we get into the teenagers of Stranger Things, but that would be allegedly Sadie Sink and uh, Nancy and Jonathan. Sometimes I just call them by the character names because like that's how we know of them. These ones are dark. Okay, this is dark and it could be fake. This barely old enough to drive, foreign-born... Wait a minute. Well, this makes me feel better because it says foreign-born and she's from Texas. So this might not be about her, but it has been circling the web saying that it is. I'll read it. Foreign-born. I'm going to say that it wouldn't be about her. This barely old enough to drive, foreign-born actress is probably B-plus list. No Disney for her. She is on a fairly hit almost TV show as the star. 
Uh, you know what? I'm going to say it's not about her. I'm glad I looked at that with new eyes. And it says, apparently she had an abortion after one of the producers on the show got her pregnant, blah, blah, blah. All right. Not her, not her, not her. I feel good. I feel like a thing has been lifted off my chest. Sorry to whoever that is, allegedly, whoever it allegedly is. All right. These other ones will be about her. So first we are going to talk about what she said in real life. So basically, Max, who was played by Sadie Sink, this was in the finale of season two. So Sadie was 15 years old at this time. Um, she's dancing with Lucas at the school snowball and things like that. And they have a kiss on the lips. And she revealed during a behind the scenes extra episode that she was made to do the kiss by Ross and Matt Duffer, those Duffer brothers, even though she had been stressed out over it for more than a day. And she said, quote, the kiss was not written in the script. I get there the first day of the snowball. One of you, I think it was you, Ross, you say, oh, Sadie, you ready for the kiss? And I'm like, what? No, that's not in the script. So apparently that kiss wasn't scripted and they dropped it on the kids at the last minute. And this is what one of the Duffer brothers said. I think it was Matt, quote, you'd think it was the end of the world, but I guess it's a big deal. Neither of those kisses were written in the script. So we kind of dropped that on them the day of and caused a major panic, but they did it. Quote, you have to torture them a little bit. You know you've got to entertain yourself some way. What the fuck? <laughs> cool. uh, and we have all these children who are just fun. I know exactly how to push their buttons at this point. Oh, weird, weird, weird. The first part of it was like, yeah, you know, like, I don't know. It wasn't like they had to make out with each other. But then when he starts saying, like, you got to torture them, that's how you entertain yourself. All these kids are just fun to push their buttons. It's like, okay, now you're weird. Also, I will say, I think actors and like, or sorry, directors, oh my God, are weird. When I, um, I think I've talked about this before, but I spent a semester of college living in Chicago at the Second City and I was doing a comedy studies training program there. And we took classes for the semester in, uh, you know, improv, stand up, the history of comedy, things like that physical comedy that was really fun and we had to do a class on acting and I was the I was a sociology major everyone else in the program was um you know like literally acting they were just doing this to get a comedy beef up on their resume so I was the only actor and I was living with a girl in the program and a guy in the program and um the director was so weird he had this giant stick up his ass because like I think he I don't know he 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 was like really close with like John Belushi, Belucci. I don't even know his name. I'm like a fucking fraud anyway. And he made me do a scene. He picked one that we had to practice where me and my roommate had to kiss and like nobody else had kissing scenes. And I was like, are you serious? Like, you know that we live together. This is so awkward. We had to like practice the kiss at home. And I know it sounds like things would get horny, but it did. Uh, uh, it was not, it was just weird anyway. And I felt that way. And I was 20 and I do remember I'll be honest, you know, I'm not perfect. I have very ugly parts of me. And when I first read this, I was like, it is just a kiss. Who cares? But then the quote that he said was weird. And also that was both of their first kiss, I think. It, it could have been just one of their first kiss, but anyway. Okay, we'll get into blind items that relate to this. Here's the first one. You want creepy? This way underage actress is probably B-list and is only that high because of the hit show she is on, and she is being asked by the creator slash producers to do a sex scene. Yep, 
They say it is realistic because plenty of high school kids have sex. The thing is, they want her to be nude for the scene. She says she is feeling pressured and that if she refuses, she fears losing her job. This is a blind from the MTV Awards. This B-plus list, still underage, mostly TV actress, is a completely different person than she was last year. The sexual abuse she suffered on set of that hit, almost TV show, has changed her. Completely. That smile is way more forced. The way she interacts with men is different. You can tell she is always looking for an escape route or for someone safe close to her. And then we have a blind items from the Golden Globes. This underage actress on a very hit almost TV show who made her first appearance on the show this season had to fight off a producer who kept trying to touch her breasts. He managed to once. When she said how old she was, the producer said he had been with Younger. This was at a magazine party. I'm trying to figure out who the producer is. AP, NT's actress slash friend, was at the party and is also trying to figure it out. She had been at the HBO party when it happened, though, so we are working from a tip about the physical appearance of the producer. So take from that what you will. I will say, you know, when I mistakenly thought that the, you know, abortion blind was about Sadie Sink, I started Googling pictures of her with all of the producers and things like that because I was like, I'm going to nail this motherfucker, (laughs) even though they're all alleged and, you know, could be lies. But I did see a lot of photos of her with the producers and it just, it did look really wholesome behind the set. So who knows what? Who literally knows what except for the people there? Also, I will say there are rumors of Sadie Sink being queer. I've seen screenshots of comments that she posts on Instagram talking about how she listens to Girl in Red. Does anything else need to be said? Ooh, a little rhyme there. Yeah. Okay, let's move on. Noah Schnapp, he plays Will Byers, and he also voiced Charlie Brown in the animated Peanuts movie. Aww. A dog doesn't try to give advice or judge you. They just love you for who you are. It's nice to have someone that will just sit and listen to you. So he had a desire to act, and that started when he was five years old watching the Broadway production of Annie, which I'm like, hello, if he watched it a little bit later, Sadie Sink would have been in it. So he acted in school and community plays. When he was eight years old, his acting teacher was like, you should do this professionally. So his parents enrolled him in an acting program. And he kind of seems to have like a very privileged go of it. And him and Millie Bobby Brown are like best friends. I've heard that his dad is like a finance bigwig or like he works in banking, but he tries to like play it off like he's a hedge fund manager um, who brags a lot about Noah and like how he has this actor son who's like going to be the next big thing and things like that. In November 2021, he launched, which like did he launch it or did someone else? You know, I just always wonder when young kids do this. He launched a company called To Be Honest, TBH, and they're described as a sustainability-focused snacking company. But if you look it up, it's a rip off of Nutella. Like it's pretty clearly, you know, they're like, it's a chocolatey hazelnut spread, but this one is no BS and there's no palm oil and things like that, which like, I don't know, you know, maybe they are a sustainability-focused snacking company. They look great, but they've got to have at least another product out there before you can call them a snacking company, because as of right now, they are a healthier version of Nutella, I guess. All right, there was one blind on Noah Schnapp, and this was pretty interesting. His Twitter account was hacked back in the day, and they hacked him, and there was a tweet where he like referenced suicide, and he had to be like, don't worry, it's a hack, like, I'm good. Um, And then there were other posts 
There were other posts, uh, you know, I couldn't find screenshots of them, but they say featuring sexual content and racist language, including the use of the N-word. This is the blind item to accompany it. It says, quote, This underage streaming star didn't do anything wrong, but a recent hack showed how many producers across television and movies were trying to have sex with him. So I guess that blind is inferring that maybe the hacker was able to go through his DMs or something like that. Interesting. Also, like, how stupid would you have to be to, like, try and slide into someone's DMs over... I don't know. I guess I guess how else would you do it? I just imagine if you're being creepy, you would want to do that in person so there isn't a paper trail. Look at me. I'm already like thinking like a creepy person. I'm like, this is how I would do a better job of that. <laughs> so that's my little tip. Okay, up next, we have Caleb McLaughlin, and he plays Lucas Sinclair, the older brother of Erica. Some facts about him. We mentioned previously that he had previously performed on Broadway in The Lion King. He played young Simba. We also had a little bit of just, I guess, kind of like social positivity and things like that, that, you know, maybe the other stars are doing it, but no shade. I just didn't see it on their Wikipedia page. So he has started social media campaigns called hashtag embrace your face and hashtag be your biggest fan to promote healthy body image, positivity, self-esteem, things like that. And he also encouraged people to vote in the 2020 election, which is funny because when I first heard that, I was like, um, that's a little like he wasn't even able to vote, but he was telling other people to. No, he's 20 now. So so he must have been 18 and it must have been his first time voting. Now, just like a lot of the other people on here, there's no blind items about him. So I just decided to look up some fun facts. He is a trained dancer, which... I don't know. Maybe there'll be a dance number coming up in season five. I would love that. And he is also a self-professed ladies man and a germaphobe. And I watched an interview that he did with Teen Vogue. There was like a pink background to it. And yeah, he was very much like a smooth talker, confident lady. I guess, I don't know, you know, they're all kind of like awkward nerds and outcasts and misfits in the TV show. So I just kind of assumed that they were all that way in person too. But yeah, no, he's definitely got a lot of charisma to him. Okay, up next, we are doing Gaten Matarasso, who plays Dustin Henderson. I think he's kind of like the fan favorite of Stranger Things. And he also hosts a Netflix show called Prank Encounters. So I guess he's, he's a prankster. Who would have thought? That looked like a serial killer. <laughs> My mustache is like falling off. <laughs> hey guys, I'm Gaten Matarazzo and I play Dustin on Stranger Things. I was promised that this is gonna be the best interview ever, and by the looks of this chair, it seems like it might be a porn. Now, he was born with cleidocranial dysplasia, which he has spokenly open about. You might notice that they make a few references um, to this in Stranger Things. And they say that when he was cast in Stranger Things, the character's background was modified to have his condition as well, which I guess we heard that Joe Keery, a.k.a. Steve Harrington, they kind of modified things about how he about who he was <laughs> to his character. And they did the same with Dustin. So this is oh, and he uses dentures in the show. So what he has is a birth defect, and it mostly affects your bones and your teeth. And your collarbones will typically be either absent or kind of poorly developed, and it allows the shoulders to be brought closer together. 
Also, the front of the skull, it says here, does not close until later, and those who are affected are often shorter than average. And I watched a few interviews, and he was saying that for sure. This, I guess, defect is how it's described. It had is something that caused bullying growing up. It was hard for him to get cast in a lot of things. And then this just here on Wikipedia is other symptoms may include a prominent forehead, wide set eyes, abnormal teeth, and a flat nose. And then it said symptoms vary among people. However, intelligence is typically unaffected. And I was like, what does it, what is, how would intelligence be unaffected? But I don't know, maybe something about the skull and the brain. I am not a doctor, but who knows? So what is treatment like for this? You can have supportive measures like a device that will protect your skull and also your dental care. And then you can have surgery that will fix certain bone abnormalities. The life expectancy, they say, is pretty normal. And it affects, take a guess, I'll give you some time to take a guess, it affects one per million people and males and females equally. So one in a million if you listen to Hannah Montana. <laughs> okay, he has used his platform, Kyla Caleb, um, to raise awareness of CCD and fundraise for CCD Smiles. It's an organization that helps to cover the cost of oral surgeries for people with CCD. He also has no blind items about him. So now we are going to move on to the three teenagers, and we're going to start off with Joe Keery, who plays Steve Harrington. He's 30. Isn't that crazy? I mean, I guess it makes sense. It's just, I don't know. He looks young. Like, I really did think he could be, like, an older high schooler, like, maybe 28 or something. Ah, it's only two years, but I just wasn't expecting him to be 30. And he releases music under the stage name, I don't know if I'll pronounce this correctly, it's D-J-O. Joe? DeJo? Who knows? And... Aside from acting, he's also a musician. When he was in his early 20s, he released music under the name Cool, Cool, Cool. Cool, Cool, Cool. Isn't that interesting? Oh, hey, bro, like, but, uh, what's the name of your band? Cool, Cool, Cool. I don't know. I, uh, I would love to hear him say it in a soundbite and really get a, a grasp for how it rolls off the tongue. All right, up next for the teenagers, we have Natalia Dyer. She plays Nancy Wheeler. I feel like she was also a pretty big breakout star, you know, for Stranger Things. Her first screen role was as Clarissa Granger in Hannah Montana, the movie. Obviously, I had to look up who she played in it. I was like, oh my God, did I never realize that she played this person? I didn't recognize the character. Maybe you will, but I didn't think it was that big of a deal. And since 2016... Isn't that crazy? So six years, she has been in a relationship with her Stranger Things co-star, Charlie Heaton. Okay, so now we're going to get into Charlie Heaton. He plays Jonathan Byers, who is like Will's older brother, the nerdy one who ends up dating Nancy. And I didn't think when I was looking at people, if I had to guess who literally had the least amount of blind items on him, I would have said Charlie Heaton. I was like, who cares? You know? Um... Holy God, he might be like, other than Millie Bobby Brown, he might be the most like controversial person, or not controversial, scandalous. So just a little bit about him before we go into all of the TTT. Um, there was a little bit of controversy he was involved in. In August 2018, the BBC announced that Charlie Heaton would be playing Joseph Merrick, commonly known as the Elephant Man, in a new two-part drama. So this, you know, casting, it got a lot of criticism from um, a disability charity group. And the group's head was saying that not using a disabled actor was a missed opportunity and things like that. Feel free to let me know if I'm wrong, but I thought that the Elephant Man was 
deformed, not disabled. And, and maybe there's some overlap with the definitions and things like that. But the elephant man was like, I remember having to read that book. I don't know. What was it in high school? And I, I don't know. I just got to say, like, you know, it was a missed opportunity to not use someone who the elephant man, wasn't he also a, a one in a million? Like, you're not going to find anyone who looks exactly like the elephant man and also has acting skills to, you know, I, uh, I just, I don't know about that. Also, maybe I'm, and I'm so sorry if this is rude to say, but I, I'm pretty sure the elephant man is dead. It terrified me, dude. Elephant man. I'm, I'm looking it up right now just, just to make sure that what I remember from high school wasn't, uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I, I got to hear more about that, um, two-part drama that's going on. I really, I need to remember what I read. Like, was he in love? What would the story be? Things like that. So who knows if it's actually going to happen? I did Google around a little bit. And it says that Charlie is confirmed to be starring in the miniseries, um, but there's been news of it for like two years and it isn't out yet, so who knows. Now, this is a real life thing about Charlie Heaton that I was not expecting and that it is before the blind items. He has a son. So he's 28 years old and he has a son and his son is eight years old. So he had a son when he was 20 with a woman who was 33. Now, let's get into it. So like a lot of these other cast members from Stranger Things, he is also musical. And he has a son with a woman named Akika Matsura, and she is a Japanese drummer and musician who is best known for her role as a drummer and backing vocalist for The Big Pink, an electric rock band. And they met before his acting career got started when both of them were in a rock band with Charlie being the drummer and Akiko being the front woman. So I guess she's a drummer, but also, yeah, yeah, a vocalist. So obviously, notably, they have a sizable age gap between them. So she's 41 today and he's 28. So, you know, I did the math backwards. When they had the child, he was 20 and she was 33. So breaking that down even further, just to see what their age gap would have been when he was 18, when he was 18, she would have been 31. We did Megan Fox on the podcast last week talking about grooming and how when she was 18, she got with Brian Austin Green, who was 30. And can you believe it? This is an even bigger age gap. I mean, granted, it's only by one year, but still, I just, I wasn't expecting to see that. Now, of course, some have speculated that Charlie was not ready to be a father since he was only 20 when Archie was born and that that is the cause of his breakup. Who knows? Who knows? Now, this is something else that is also true. And dude, it plays so much into the blind items. In October of 2017, Charlie Heaton was detained at LAX airport in Los Angeles for possession of small amounts of cocaine. He was not charged with a crime. That's a whole other thing, but it's just like it's absolute bullshit that there's people in jails right now for possession of marijuana when stuff like this happens. Also, the minute, this is a whole other rant, but the minute Barack Obama admitted to smoking uh, weed when he was a teen, literally everyone in jail for a crime related to marijuana should have been let out. Do you know what I mean? Anyway, um, but uh, okay, he was not charged with a crime and instead he was sent back to London. He was later allowed to return to the US to shoot the third season of Stranger Things. And that's a fact, which makes me feel a lot better about spewing all of these blind items, which we are about to get into. So let's go into the alleged blind items. And um, 
it's just, uh, yeah, they just really paint him out to be a coke fiend. So let's get into it. Speaking of coke use, well, this is one actually about Natalia Dyer and Joe Keery. So this is the first one on all of the teenagers that doesn't involve Charlie, but every single other one does. It's a blind item about the SAG Awards. Speaking of coke use, it is, us- it is usually this B-plus list, mostly TV actress from the very hit almost TV show, Natalia Dyer, who is doing line after line. Last night, though, it was her co-star and his actress girlfriend, Joe Keery, who could not be stopped in their quest to do as much coke as possible. One word of advice would be not to use at the party hosted by your employer. It makes the employers very nervous, and in a show like the one in which our actor stars, it is very easy to be killed off. That's some good advice. Some good fatherly advice from Enti on where you should be doing booger sugar in Hollywood. Probably not right in front of the people who pay your salary. All right, and now we get into all of the coke blinds with Charlie Heaton. This first one. This foreign-born B-plus list actor from a massively popular streaming show has nothing to do but drugs all day. His serious coke habit has become life-threatening, and he is going to take his girlfriend down with him. Another one that says, this foreign-born A-minus, B-plus list, mostly TV actor who has one hit streaming show under his belt walked away from rehab twice in the past month because he can't live without his coke, and also because he thinks his girlfriend will leave him if he goes away for 30 days. Another one that says, these two co-stars from a very hit streaming show are still boyfriend-girlfriend and they still enjoy replacing food with coke as much as possible. This almost TV couple is a couple in real life too. Both were being their usual cokehead selves when the guy in this couple decided to get into a fight with another guy. That caused the girlfriend to get shoved to the ground. She then went into a rage when she saw the vial of coke had fallen to the ground and shattered. This B-list, mostly TV actress who stars in one of the biggest almost TV shows has always suffered from an eating disorder. When you meet her in person, you think she is going to break every time she takes a step. Not helping is all the coke she takes because she is trying to fit in with with her boyfriend and his friends. We had another blind similar to that saying, apparently this B slash C list relationship on the verge of being no longer a thing, quote, nonstop arguments over her weight, confides a source, quote, he feels she doesn't eat enough and she's not the only one in her life that does. Now keep in mind that blind was from years ago, which would relate both to the alphabetizing of how famous they are. But also, I mean, who knows? I don't want to speculate on eating disorders and things like that. I'll just say when I had a very unhealthy relationship with food about two years ago. My arms looked the exact same as Natalia Dyer's. And it's interesting, you know, of course, with all of these blinds, I'm like a little creepy snoop. So I go over to Google afterwards to be like, oh, like what's going on? What's going on? And I was looking up pictures of Natalia Dyer. And it is funny how in both Stranger Things, there was another blind. I didn't include it here because I was like, Jesus Christ, I don't want to talk like seven different times about an alleged eating disorder. Um, But there was another one about saying how people on the show were like, you need to eat more. It's going to be distracting to watch you in the show. This is all alleged. And I did notice all of her outfits in the show are, um, you know, big skirts, jumpers. um, She's covered up a lot, long skirts, things like that. And it was just something that, you know, I had never really thought twice about before. But now I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, I this is like a new thing. All right, and then the last blind we have, when this foreign-born A-minus B-plus list actor from a hit streaming show and similarly ranked girlfriend, Charlene Natalia, ended up 
wait, what? Oh, when they end up from a drug overdose is apparently the time someone will say they should have done something sooner to help. And guys, I pulled out like the top eight. There might, there must have been 15 about how much coke they're doing and how it's just going to like tear them apart and how it's like really harmful for her and things like that. And did I mention that it's all alleged? It is all, all, all alleged. So I think we're at like an hour and a half right now. If you would ever be interested in blind items on the adult cast, I honestly just think the younger cast is like a little bit more fun. That's why we did them today. There's a new week every week, so we could always do it down the road. And I want to... Just give a shout out at the end of the episode here to some five-star reviews that I've been seeing on Apple Podcasts. You guys have, by the way, been sending like literally the nicest reviews. And some of these are so niche. I'm obsessed with them. Here's one I'll read. It says, the best. My friend would send me TikToks of Shannon slash FF. Hell yeah. And her take on Epstein. She was asking the questions I was asking. I was obsessed but didn't want to sign up for TikTok. I found Fluently Forward on Instagram and saw a podcast. The first one I listened to was The Clinton Kill List and I was hooked. It's my fave podcast and I was introduced to Enti and Beyond the Blinds by listening to Shannon. Shannon, keep up the great work. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. I love all things pop culture and thought that I knew a lot, but nothing compares to blinds. I am so appreciative of finding this podcast. Shannon's hot takes are often spot on. So grateful to have found you on the clock app. Thank you for saying that. I get, re I really get so excited when I see a new Fluently Forward episode is out. I love Shannon. Her voice is so calming and she's just a real ass bitch. <laughs> well, I love how she explains all the tea that continues to surprise me and then throws a little bit of her own commentary slash opinions. Brianna in Wellington, Florida. Shannon's voice could lull me to sleep, but in the best way. It's so soothing and I love listening to it. Love all the stuff she talks about and I like that there is a specific topic for each episode, but she still spends time talking about the latest gossip of the week as well. I'm so sorry because we are not going to do that this week just because we have already gone on for so long, but next week we definitely will. And next week we are going to be bringing back um, two very, very special guests. You know them, you love them, I love both of them, and it's just going to be a very fun, different type of episode, almost a little bit like an awards show. That's all I'll say about that. So thank you so much for listening. If you want to see pictures of uh, all the creepy shit that happened at Montauk, if you want to see pictures of maybe we'll do uh, Charlie and Natalia dating, maybe we'll do a little bit of like Millie Bobby Brown. We always cover stuff like that on Instagram. Head over at Fluently Forward and fluentlyforward.substack.com. There will be a newsletter going out every Friday with just more pop culture news and blind item references. So thank you so much for hanging out with me this week, and I will see you guys soon. Bye.